Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome into episode two of UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. Stephen Diener here, Karen Curtis over there. Happy you're joining us here again on our, uh, well, not the maiden voyage, but what do you call it after the maiden voyage? Just old hat at that point? I don't know. <laughs> Thank God they let us do it again. That's right, yes. Because it was a lot of fun last week, yes. so if you missed the first one, it was our first episode last week, which just happened to be, Karen, <laughs> on no, National UFO Day. We planned it. Yeah, we did plan it, of yeah. course. But that was a lot of fun, and you know, here we are again talking about everything that was left out of the government reports that showed basically them admitting that, yeah, UFOs are real and we don't know what they are, or <laughs> so they say. Yeah, exactly. I know it's laughable. And that's that's what we do here. We're going to talk about everything that has been left out throughout uh, those reports. and Because it only went back to 2004. I know, but we're going way back. Oh, yeah. So we like to uncover all the things that the government still refuses to acknowledge and does not answer questions about, including the story that we're going to get into here today about a... Or actually, a couple incidents that took place in 1967 oh, at yeah. Malcolm Air Force Base. You weren't born yet, but I was. That, that's right. I was six. But so, back before 2004, they called them UFOs. Right. And now they call them UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, which Correct. is how we came up with the name of the podcast. Pretty pretty nifty, right? Yeah, you're so brilliant. Oh. That's why I hooked up my wagon to yours, because you know all of this stuff. <laughs> it's I don't know why. And it's hot. Because there's a new poll out that says two-thirds of Americans believe in space aliens. Yeah, this is really, gosh, we've come such a long way from when I was a kid. And, you know, I was paying attention to it then. And it was, it's always been taboo up until yes. really last year. You really never talked about it much. No, and now, I, felt, now, I like, felt silly. I peeled this onion away and found yes. out this new Stephen yeah. Diener <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and this was Pew Research, by the way, that did the poll and found... Actually, yeah, it's a big deal. They polled 10,000 people, wow. adults, ahead of the June release of the Congressional UFO Report, which is why we started the podcast. Right. The genesis of us of, of us doing this. The nexus, if you will. Yes, yes. The poll found just over half of Americans believe the UFOs, or UAPs, mm -hmm. in the military report are likely evidence of intelligent life forms, or aliens. Huh. How about that? Yeah. So that many, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. I noticed, though, that the encounters that we've had, even back into the 60s and 50s, I mean, there's been stuff reported long ago, but none of it's been aggressive. And that's, well, that that's the funny thing. And, and before we get into this, this Air Force Base incident back in 1967, um, there was one incident, and maybe we'll cover this on a different episode more extensively, but there was an Iranian pilot in the 70s. There were sightings over Iran. Um, this is before, or around the time when things started going badly as far as the Iranian government goes. And <laughs> they had a training exercise and they were seeing UFOs in the sky. This this air well not Air Force, but their their Air Force in Iran. And um he's decided to chase it. Well, he didn't survive. 
Oh, really? So, the, uh, so it was like an much, Independence Day type of thing. Yeah, I mean, he pretty much got into a dogfight with this UFO. So there's a story about that. So we'll cover uh, that more extensively, maybe on a different episode of UAP. That's interesting. So there was at least one aggressive... That we know of, yeah. ...exchange with a UFO. But the study also found, the poll also found that over 65% of Americans believe there's intelligent life on other planets. Wow, how about that? And also... People are waking up. Most popular with people under 30, which you oh, are not. Not. Not anymore. <laughs> and 87% of those who were polled say UFOs are not a security threat, or if they are, they're only a minor one, which is really interesting and segues into today's topic. Yes, and it is, it, it's, it's really interesting, actually, how that does segue into it, because for as long as I can remember, anyway, when it comes to hearing these stories and reading about these stories and really studying some of these stories about UFO sightings, there's a lot of instances about UFOs going over nuclear installations or battleships that have nuclear capabilities, just like the one in uh, the USS Nimitz, where this all this whole re report came from. The reason why this report that came out from the government exists is because of the work of guys like Lou Elizondo, Tom DeLong from Blink-182, Christopher Mellon, all these guys, former government officials, who pressed the issue with the sightings from the USS Nimitz and went to the government and said, look, we need to figure these things out. So that's why we are where, where we are today. And it, they were investigating UFOs, that is, or UAPs, were investigating nuclear facilities and nuclear capabilities way before the USS Nimitz in 1967, yeah, to March be exact. My theory is that the aliens aren't investigating. I think what happened is that they somehow, maybe greys that walked the Earth, gave us the technology in the Manhattan Project, and they're checking on how we're doing with it. Well, Karen, that's not a bad theory, actually. <laughs> and maybe that will bring us to another episode. Oh, gosh, this is so exciting. Where it comes to, oh, is it Eisenhower, I believe, who had a meeting with the Greys. But that's no. another another story for another day on no, UAP. No, that was just Eleanor Roosevelt. No. <laughs> no. Some people say she looked like an alien. But oh, my. No, no, no. But no, this is, uh, this happened, yeah, like we said, 1967, Malstrom Air Force Base in Montana, right. correct? Right. Mm-hmm. I always think it's Wyoming for some reason, nah. but it's, it was in Montana. And was, yeah, they had uh, they had the match there too. Oh, they that's right. Yes, they just, they, that's right. Tom Brady. Tom Brady did not disturb the nuclear weapons no. at Malstrom Air Force Base, but this took place. And it, I mean, at that time, it was home to what uh, just a, a bunch of nuclear missiles, ten, I believe, right? Yes, and these were no, you know, fat man and little boy varieties these were this is why the aliens were like aha i'm really proud of these people look how they've advanced our nuclear information and this it's pretty crazy because well you'll hear it here is it uh, robert salas i believe was captain robert salas he was one of the two key witnesses right. to this event and there were two events that's Apparently, right. Apparently, like a week before the same freaking thing happened. So, before we play what he has to say, because he explains a little bit, just to give you a little bit of background, these these uh, soldiers who were stationed at this base kept seeing these lights, red, orange, glowing lights, moving in ways they had never seen before. Sound familiar yet? Just like the, you know, uh, the, the, the seamen and women on, on the Navy ship said right. the same thing. Yeah. Wow, we've never seen something move like this they before. They don't follow our... Aeronautical or of, rules. Right, or, or laws of physics for yes. that matter. And so they're wondering, you know, what the heck could, could this be? Now, keep in mind the time frame here, too. This is 1967. Right. So we, we've we, we barely been flying for... <laughs> that and, and, too, I mean, we're talking the Soviets. We're yeah. talking Cold War era. You know, the, the, the space race to the moon. 
So there's a lot going on in this time that would make uh, guys on a nuclear base have a heightened sense of security right. when they see something unexplained like that. Well, remember now, Captain Robert Salas, he was below, 60 feet below in the bunker. Right. And then there's another guy up top right. who's seeing these lights. So he's calling him and relaying what's going on. And this is, so what the, the sound here um, is from Captain Robert Salas, who his perspective from un- under the bunker, he starts talking about basically what, what was happening. March 24, 1967, I and my commander, Fred Mywall, were on duty in Roy, Montana. We had control of 10 nuclear missiles. The Minuteman One. Each missile had an 800 kiloton nuclear weapon. <laughs> Okay, so remember that number, okay? Perspective. Yes. So, 800 kilotons. Now, you might hear that and think, wow, that sounds pretty big. For for perspective. (laughs) Ten of them. Yeah, exactly. Ten of those. The bombs that we dropped 20 years earlier, 22 years earlier, on Nagasaki and Hiroshima in Japan to end the war. The one that dropped in Hiroshima, 15, 15, one five kilotons. Fat man. That was right, and Fat Man fell on Nagasaki, okay. which was 25 ah, kilotons. A little bit bigger. A little bit. And this was 800, and we had 10 wow. of those. Wow. So just just imagine that. Number one, the, the leap in technology in just over 20 years, we went from 25 kilotons to 800 kilotons. Well, that's why the aliens were super proud when they flew over. They're like, oh. Maybe they were admiring the work. Yes, <laughs> it's possible. But. Maybe not, oh. because here's where things kind of get a little hairy. Okay, they go sideways. Yes, as I, I guess you could say. So, no. Well, well I'll just I'll just let uh, Captain Salas here continue to explain. I was on alert status. In other words, my commander Fred was taking a little nap break. Sometime <laughs> nice. in the early yeah. morning hours, I get a call. He's screaming into the phone. He's yelling, "Sir, I'm looking at the front gate." I see a, this glowing red object. They were flying very fast across the sky, stopping on a dime, reversing course, making 90 degree angle turns, making no noise. These guys were very, very frightened. It was a critical situation. Yeah, remember, so the guy up top calls him down below in right. the bunker. Reporting all that strange movement, the strange lights, things he's never seen before. And again, Keep in mind, it's so important what he said there as far as the movement of this thing, because the way he's describing that movement is the same way the soldiers on the, on the Nimitz described the movement they saw back in 2014. I mean, we've all seen the video by now. They're showing it on the Today Show. They're showing it on Nightly News of the, the video, the cockpit video from... The pilots and the fighter jets. I wonder if they've already imparted the information on how to make our vehicles, space vehicles, or you know, air, you know, our aircraft move that way. And we're so stupid, we haven't picked it up yet. It's possible. I mean, look, there's. Why don't magnets work that way? Yeah, I mean, one of the theories as far as how they move that way is anti gravity technology and why we don't. Number one, why we don't see any type of propulsion, right? Because you see a fighter jet, you're going to see some type of exhaust coming out from the engine. You're going to hear it. Right. <laughs> you don't hear anything. You don't see anything. It just it just and, moves. And it apparently moves fast. our Earth's gravity doesn't bother it. No. I mean, maybe, maybe if anything, it accelerates it. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's physics <gasps> here that we don't understand right now. And I so. think time has something to do with it, too. Very possible. Anyway. If they, maybe they have some type of wormhole technology. But, <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> but with this at, at the Maelstrom Air Force Base, now they're scared, right? I mean, because you're seeing these lights. Again, this is during the Cold War era. 
you're thinking, are these Russians? Are we under attack right. at a nuclear air, uh, a nuclear base where we have these massive, massive warheads, 800 kilotons? Ten of them. So the guy up top is terrified, and he calls right. down below. So now Captain Salas is like crapping down both legs because it gets very scary for him. Yeah, he continues here. Oh dear. The lights turn from green to red. In other words, red meaning unwatchable. All 10 missiles were disabled, every uh, single one. What? It means if we were given the order and if we had to go through our launch procedures, they couldn't be launched. This was an inexplicable situation. So keep that in mind here, okay? Now, again, they're terrified because at this point, you have to be thinking to yourself, my lord, we're under attack. We're about to get into a nuclear war because our missiles have been disabled. I mean, the whole the whole board, the <laughs> whole board, it. all the lights, everything. So, and this goes into conjunction with again, this is not a random incident. This happened twice, and it happened both times with these unexplained lights moving in unexplained ways, flying over the base. So, these UAPs, UFOs, disabled ten nuclear warheads in 1967 for 24 hours. 24 hours. So, you have to think to yourself. If this was Russian technology or Chinese technology, you're telling me they had that in 1967? I don't think so. Well, actually, well, there's even more that happened here, right? I guess that wasn't the first time it happened. Right. I mean, because what, they were talking about a, a separate occasion where this happened? and yeah. oh like gosh. the week before. As Well, yeah, well, actually, Captain Salas talks about that here, too. All 10 of their missiles went down while a UFO was overhead. All 10 of our missiles went down. UFO was immediately over our facility. Huh. I'm thinking we're under some sort of an attack. These were the most sophisticated weapons we had, and so it was worrying that something very unknown, very unusual, very strange could uh, disable them. I mean, just... 1967, <laughs> and what are we worrying about back then in 67? Yeah, exactly. I guess Vietnam. I mean... Yeah, in that man, time... And I... this was going on. I just, I can't even imagine what's going through your head at that point, too. I mean, to know that you have been put in charge of launching these, you know, uh, world-changing missiles. Defending the United States, the mother country. <laughs> yes. And your board freezes up. And this is, again, not the first time it happens. So you're wondering, was this some type of coordinated attack? Because when it happens twice... Or not an attack, maybe a demonstration from whoever this is right. in these unidentified vehicles. So what shut down the missiles at Maelstrom and why? And that's, well, Captain Salas talks about all of that here. This was extraterrestrial in nature. <gasps> I honestly believe that. There you have it. I mean, it, it, you have to come to that conclusion, right? Yeah. What else can it be? And this is what frustrated me about the government report that came out. Which was number one. It only goes back to two thousand four. Yeah, they don't. And all the good stuff happened back in the sixties. Yeah, exactly. And well, also the forties and fifties, but also, <laughs> and then they don't acknowledge the fact. Number one, how are these? How are you explaining these things? Because they don't explain anything. They, all they said was, "Yeah, we don't know what they are," but and this is the part that got us when we heard it. We don't think they're they're aliens. How could they not be some type of other intelligent life form? So if it's not aliens, then what is it? What is it? So that means leads us to suspect if it's not some type of intelligent life form from another planet, galaxy, universe, whatever, then it has to be somebody or something from this Earth. So what country 
has the capability, the technology to have that. Liechtenstein. I mean, yeah, come on. <laughs> Belarus. They're way I mean, ahead. <laughs> what are we doing here? By the way, uh, you know, you have cave art. You have all these, like in Peru. Right. They've drawn these pictures of people with antennae and, right. and spacesuits and all kinds of weird stuff. This was like 10,000 years ago. Exactly. I mean, there's so much that you can go into that just to not debunk, but but highlight the holes in the government report that came out of how many things that were left out by accident or intentionally, I think intentionally, that shows how much they ignored. I mean, there's a whole history here, Maybe Karen. Maybe they don't want to upset us or they don't want to get us all, you know crazed but by the way the missiles were not permanently damaged well that's good according to the airmen and nobody was injured right and so they don't consider it an attack or a national security incident well and see and that's the part that i don't understand is how can you not consider it a national security incident it's literally it literally involves national security because you're talking about something i mean like, well, try, try to comprehend no, this. No, it was nothing because, you know what, the Air Force never said it happened in any of, of their official policy documents. Of course. Because something caused those missiles to malfunction twice. And it just so happens to coincide with unidentified lights moving in ways that nobody could explain. Yeah. Well, Ag- <laughs> Salas says that he doesn't think the UFOs um, were there for any sort of offensive intent, but he believes that they wanted to leave an impression. And that's what actually I find intriguing, which which I can tie back to what we started off the show with, which was the poll that you mentioned from the Pew Research that uh, I guess a vast majority of people, I think you said over 80%, believed that they don't mean any harm. Yes. And, which is interesting. 87. 87. No security threat or minor. So, I mean, you're talking almost 90% of people think that there's no security threat with these. And it's interesting to think that and, and look back to this incident in particular at 1967 because they didn't do anything bad in the sense of they didn't attack, right? They didn't hurt anybody. The missiles were unharmed. It was more of a demonstration. Right. It was more of, hey, look what we can do. Wake up because number one, if you screw up, we're watching. I guess. I mean, that's that's what I, I take away from it. I think they were just taking a look at the technology that they imparted on us to see where we were with it. I think. Is what I mean, well, there's there's a lot going on there when it comes to reverse uh, engineering, engineering and, and that. Take some. It took them 24 hours to do that. But uh, we have something coming up next week: Operation High Jump. Operation, yeah. Nothing to do with the Olympics. No, no. <laughs> but it's another thing that happened pre exactly government study. Back when? In the 50s? Even before. So uh, 1947, I believe. 46, 47. So pretty much right after the war. When did we start flying? Uh, 19... What was that? 1912? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. 1904. 1904. 1904, With the Wright brothers. Um, Don't ask me why I remember that. I love it. (laughs) But this this goes back to... Um, actually, nineteen oh three. I'm sorry. This goes back. <laughs> this goes back to nineteen forty six, forty seven. Uh, Admiral Byrd, who obviously was involved in World War II, he was asked to go have an expedition to Antarctica to try to find spots for different American bases. And well, that's when things went awry. So again, this goes even further back because one of the he reasons, found some alien stuff yeah a lot um huh. there may or may not have been some alien battles there may may or may not be a journal from captain <gasps> admiral bird no. that uh people like to think don't 
you know, doesn't exist. So there's a lot of historical record here that the government tried to bury, that the Air Force tried to bury, the Navy. Um, oh, we're going to dig it up. We are. It. There's there's a lot here because he actually, I mean, we'll go more detail next week, but he talks about encounters, face-to-face encounters with extraterrestrials in, in Antarctica. I know it sounds crazy, but does it really sound that crazy anymore? No. Uh, we want to know what you think. The listener. Yeah. I mean... We're just here to impart information on that's, what's going on. That's what we're doing. We're not saying, you know, yes, you should believe in aliens. Now, do we? Yeah. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. What we're doing is we're telling you the stories that are there. You make up your mind. And also kind of poking holes in that report from the government because they left a lot out, as you can see. Well, maybe the aliens told the government to not tell the people. Maybe. And maybe that goes back to the deal that Eisenhower had, So, which is going to be another episode. Maybe that'll be episode four. Okay. Eisenhower's meeting with uh, the Greys. Oh, I'd love that. Yes, that'll be a lot of fun. But anyway, a lot more to come here, as you can see, on UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And I can't wait to do it all again next week, Karen. Thanks for listening. Thank yes. you, Stephen. Yes, we'll talk. So we'll Operation High Jump next week. Look forward to that one. Other than that, have a good week. Talk to you later. Peloton, let's go. This holiday with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're gonna pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.